Warning, Money's Crazy Mind contains language that may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised, but will be completely ignored. Welcome to the podcast about everything and nothing all at the same time. This is Money's Crazy Mind. Good moment, everybody. Hello and welcome to Money's Crazy Mind, the podcast about everything and nothing all at the same time. I am your host, Lee Money. And man, I got to tell you, I never thought it would feel this good to be recording again. It has been a long time since I was able to record an episode. Um, let, I mean, I'll just come out and, and say it. I mean, about a year and a half ago, maybe almost two years ago, we had a power outage in the city I live in, and I used my old desktop computer as a media server so that all my movies that I had um, you know recorded to my computer all my movies all my music all my TV shows everything were all saved on an external hard drive that was on a media server and because of that I never turned my computer off so this power outage happens and I forgot to flip the switch on my power supply on my computer and when the power came back on and it surged through it fried everything my blu-ray burners my motherboard processor all of it gone the good thing is is that I had a solid-state hard drive on there so the solid-state hard drive might actually still be intact so I gotta get that back and get all that stuff off of there but Um, so, you know, and then I switched jobs, I got hurt, I was out of work for a while, um, and just haven't had the time nor the money to, you know, rebuild this system from scratch. So, lo and behold, you know, I'm at the store one day, and they had a really nice laptop built for entertainment on sale. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy it. So I did. And here we are. Money's Crazy Mind back. Back in the podcast airwaves. Back, you know, being sponsored here through Anchor. Everything. So, you know, I've been seeing a lot of talk in this one uh, collector's group that I'm in on Facebook. And... You know, these guys, they're toy collectors, they're comic collectors, they're movie collectors, you know, any kind of collection, well, toy and comic collectors is kind of the name of the group, but, um, you know, these guys have been kind of like, you know, just sharing their frustration with everybody else in the group about the way that uh, collectors have kind of been getting screwed here 
in 2020, you know, thanks to COVID, thanks to, you know, just asshole scalpers that are out there. That's right, I said it. And just, you know, just the frustrations of being a collector right now in general. So I reached out and I said, hey, you know, I have, I've had this podcast in the past. I'm restarting it. Does anybody want to come on the show and kind of talk about their frustrations about collecting right now? You know, in, in, in the COVID-19 world that we're in, you know, let, let's vent our frustrations and get them out there for, you know, the public to kind of just be like, you know, hey, this is what we've been dealing with. So I got three guys, Bobby O'Connor, Aaron Jarvis, and Gus Anselmo, all members of Neotech, the Northeast Ohio Toy and Collector Club, to come on here and vent their frustrations. And here's what we discussed. Okay, so I think as everybody knows, with the way the world is today, everybody's kind of just doing Zoom meetings or Skype meetings or things like that to try to get uh, podcasts and radio shows and stuff like that to happen. So, what that causes is some weird audio distortions. This episode of Money's Crazy Mind is no different. For some reason, there's a weird echo on my headset. I have manipulated audio for three hours to try to get rid of it. I can't. And there's also... um, a lot of background noise and things like that on a couple other people's lines. I apologize for this. Hopefully it can be rectified in the second episode, uh, using some new software, some new hardware and stuff like that. So bear with me for the first couple episodes of money's crazy mind. I'm doing the best I can using the best equipment available to try to edit these episodes and make them top notch quality. So until then, Enjoy the episode the way it is now, and next week, we'll have some of these audio problems fixed. All right, so here with me this week, I've got Bobby O'Connor, Aaron Jarvis, and Gus Anselmo, uh, all collectors in the Northeastern Ohio area, and just kind of wanted to introduce each of these guys, kind of let them talk about what kind of collections they have, and we're going to talk about what collecting has been like post the COVID-19 crisis. So, uh, Bobby, why don't you go ahead and start? Uh, hi, I'm Bobby. Uh, I feel like I'm in AA or something right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, yeah, uh, but anyways, yeah, uh, I do mainly, uh, collect Uh, Ghostbusters, um, other things here and there, uh, you know, sports memorabilia, because I'm a big Cleveland sports fan, uh, Stitch, from Lilo and Stitch, uh, DBZ, you know, stuff like that. But mainly my collection surrounds Ghostbusters, uh, the first and second one. And now, uh, hopefully, uh, we're all alive to see it, but Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Aaron, why don't you go ahead next? All right, hey, uh, Aaron, Jarvis. Uh, my, mainly my collection consists of, I mean, I'm all over the place. Um, I got a little bit of Ghostbusters, a lot of Black Series figures, Star Wars, uh, Spawn, Batman, uh, Masters of the Universe, Vintage, um, big Funko Pop collection, here and there stuff. All right, and uh, Gus? 
Yeah, I, um, I'm Gus. Also go by my media name, Gus Galaxy, or one of the thousands of other nicknames I got. <laughs> um, Ghostbusters is my main realm. I also am into wrestling hardcore as well. Both of those are my main two worlds. I also like a little bit of a little bit of the Batman stuff. Um, it's, Batman's pretty much my only main interest in DC, um, but Marvel is. I love the MCU, of course. I've been trying to collect a little bit of that. Um, big music collector as well. I inherited that from my dad. And of course, you know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's pretty much the gist of it. Okay. Um, so uh, I know Bobby knows a lot about my collection. Him and I have actually talked about it quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I do mainly Ghostbusters, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, a uh, little bit of Batman, a little bit of Spawn. Um, I started collecting music as well and then moved into movies. Uh, now I've got comics in the mix, uh, so I'm just kind of Britney all over Spears the place. does not count as music, Lee. I hate to tell Agreed. you that. Agreed. Uh, okay, I don't know what Britney Spears has to do with Metallica, but all right. <laughs> yeah, Metallica. Good cover. Good cover. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, so that's kind of my collecting stuff. Um, so Bobby, just yes. recently you kind of had a little bit of an announcement, kind of uh, blurted out to the world that you didn't expect. Um, mind telling everybody about that? Uh, yeah, I can. Um, well, uh, recently, um, for the people listening and for the people that don't know here in the chat, uh, that. Um, I had applied for a Guinness World Book Records uh, for yeah. the largest Ghostbusters collection or memorabilia collection is the uh, official title of it. Um, no shit, that's you? That is me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Congrats, yeah. dude. Yes. Congratulations. Well, uh, uh, yeah, I haven't gotten it yet. Uh, there's a long, long waiting period unless you have uh, some good money laying around. Uh, and it, it's mm-hmm. kind of a – it kind of it, – it's nerve-wracking, to say the least, because uh, right now with the COVID thing going on, uh, normal – turnaround time if you don't have the priority uh, the priority applications um, it takes about 12 weeks uh, if you have the priority uh, applications it takes uh, like three to five days um, and because of the COVID thing now that they've added another four weeks on top of that 12 weeks so it's um it's uh, anywhere from 12 to 16 weeks is what you got to wait if you don't have the priority the application, which I don't. Uh, and despite my collection, uh, I don't have that type of money laying around. You know, a lot of my collecting has been done over 30 years, and, um, you know, it's $10 here, $20 there, $15 there, you know, so it's not like. I'm I'm loaded by any means. You know, I work a full-time job. Uh, you know, I do side jobs to try to support my uh, my collecting. And uh, uh, but yeah, that's uh, thank you uh, for the, helping. 
the unofficial um, unofficial numbers uh, have not. Uh, you know, it's a thousand two hundred and twenty-one items. I what I categorized in that. That sounds about right. I think that's what I remember the final tally being. I think that's being. what it was. Yeah, it was 1,221 items. Uh, and, uh, yeah, there's a lot that goes into that. I applied for it. Um, I applied for it literally the first day of 2020. So, um, and I've been working on it since then up until June 20th when I had officially attempted the record. Um, that was so a fun day, bro. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was. It, so you were not. You're not on the opposite side of it. So <laughs> you know, I'm. You know, nervous and um, hoping everything goes right. I had um, multiple people back out on me um, for um, the uh, the. Uh, was the uh, for reviewing the evidence because you have to have two witnesses. They have to be independent witnesses. Um, you had I had multiple people cancel a venues on me because you need uh, to technically pack up your entire collection and you have to take it to a public place where uh, the general public can actually come in and witness it. Also. Um, but with the whole COVID thing, you know, no one, no one wants to rent to you, and if they do, they're asking uh, obscene amount of money to yeah. just for a couple hours, you know, and it it, it sucks. But um, yeah, so yeah, I applied for it uh, the first of the year and uh, did it on June twentieth, and uh, I submitted all my evidence and. Uh, the um, the amount of information that they require is just it's crazy. Um, my collection actually borders. Uh, Lee's seen my collection. Well, I think you've seen most, if not all, my collection. But my ghosts or collection probably borderlines in and around maybe three to four thousand items. Nice. Um, but. Uh, the stipulations that co uh, the uh, stipulations that Guinness has, um, you only can do certain things because they have certain criteria that they um, that they require that that you can submit. You know, I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of a lot of Buster stuff, and I. Uh, um, I pretty much got like the entire run of the Kenner line. I'm missing a couple items out of the Kenner line, but they have all the Maddie collectors, uh, you know, all the diamond selects, um, you know, it's so, but yeah, anyways, it's, 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 um, it's just, it's a lot, uh, to take in. And like I said, that six months that, uh, from the time I registered to the time, that I actually tried to do uh, the Guinness uh, World Record. Um, it took me that long to um, categorize everything that I was submitting to Guinness. Uh, whether or not I get it is going to be another story, and I got, I think, uh, uh, 7 to 11 weeks or something like that. I have yet to wait. 
Um, Didn't they originally quote you October? Um, Well, again, because of the whole COVID thing, uh, it originally was supposed to be like the end of September, I think, middle to end of September. And now that the COVID thing has all gone on and, um, you know, with all of the uh, everybody working from home and the delays on a lot of things, um, uh, they had, like I said, they had added, added six weeks to or uh, four weeks to that. Uh, 12 weeks so it could be I could literally hear something anywhere from right now till uh, the end of October you know it's it's just it's nuts it's crazy yeah well brother I know I've told you this I don't know how many times but I mean still nobody has in 36 years of Ghostbusters nobody has ever thought to do anything like this and you were the first one to do it so I congratulate you just solely on the bravery to even do it and even the creative yeah. mindset to even just say there's no rule of record for this I wonder if we can start one you know, so yeah. I, give, I give you a ton of credit for that, man. And whether or not you get it or not, I mean, it was something that you did. And if we do have to recatalog all that shit, you know I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I hope it You're living the dream for to, us. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. I hope that doesn't come down to it. Uh, I believe it or not, I actually had applied for this record um uh, probably uh, two years ago, actually, I had a re I had applied for this record, and um, it ended up falling through because of um, it was just uh, just a bad time. You know, Ghostbusters was being rebooted, which I'm I I'm not gonna sit here and uh, you know badmouth that movie or you know rain on anybody's parade who collects any of the stuff from that movie or, or enjoyed it um, but the thing is, is the movie shouldn't have been remade especially with a political agenda Agenda. Um, that's my personal opinion and feelings on it um, so I don't collect anything from the reboot Um and when that had all come out and the way that Paul Feig was acting and Melissa McCarthy and Leslie Jones and uh, the way that the fan base was being treated, it was like a civil war between the Ghostbusters fan base. It was either you like the movie or um, you're a you were, yeah, you're a misogynist uh, basement dwelling uh, man child, I think is what Melissa McCarthy had called it. And, uh, you know, it's just, I, you know, it, it, like, again, it, it, it's my opinion. But uh, because of all of that, I actually had canceled that attempt because I just I stopped collecting Ghostbusters stuff. I actually was in a phase where it's like, you know what, I might sell my collection because of, uh, you know, that whole uh, scenario and what was all going on with the uh, reboot. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's been, it's been a nifty experience. It's been a, uh, very, uh, nervous experience. <laughs> I, I really hope I get some good news from them and they don't come back and say, oh, you didn't count this right, or this wasn't categorized right, or, 
you know, who knows? Because there's, like I said, there's a lot of stipulations, a lot of hoops, a lot of information that Guinness requires and wants, and the paperwork is just insane. Mm. And uh, you know, it's just, it's crazy. It's just, it's, it's a crazy experience. And uh, uh, like I said, I hope I didn't do all of that work for absolutely nothing. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, uh, so Aaron, how did you get started in collecting? Uh, well, it all started with uh, comic books, actually, about 10 years ago. Um, just trying to collect anything I could, anything from DC, Marvel, Independent, Walking Dead. Uh, I think when I started collecting, Blackest Night was a big a big release at the time. Mm. Um so, I mean, this has been going on for quite some time. Um, but the toy part, actually, um, if you were to stand in my basement and see all of this, this is some, This is everything that I've collected over probably the past six months. Um, I mean, probably over over three to four thousand dollars was spent into it. I just couldn't, you know. We all get trapped in this idea that we get, and you know, we can't. We just we keep focusing on it. And I just kept going. So uh, it, it started with, uh, you know, I had a couple odds and then black series figures for you know friends would get me them here and there and I wasn't a big toy guy I always said I would never be a toy guy it's just crazy <laughs> it sucks um, you in doesn't it? <laughs> it it does especially when uh you know when when COVID like it, my mind just started racing because like you know I, I got into such a good routine with comic books it mm -hmm. just became natural that uh when I got on to something new I just like I got hooked so I was on Facebook one day and I saw this toy shop called Renegade out here in North Lima and he had gotten this gigantic Star Wars Black Series collection and I thought, man, I got to get out there to see that collection. So I went out there and I ended up buying almost every single one of them. And <laughs> wow. it, it, just, it, it just amassed into this, what do I do with it all? Because I mean, I had these like, you know, these shelves with just some random things on them and I didn't know what to do. So then that warped into... You know, buying all those, uh, I don't even know what you call those glass cabinets that everybody talks about, those Delof cabinets from Ikea. I actually uh, won one of those in a raffle that uh, the group that we all belong to, uh, the Northeast Ohio Toy and Collector Club, uh, was raffling off. And uh, that's my first one. I've been looking at possibly getting others. Uh, they're nice. I'm not going to lie. Uh, they take LEDs really, really well. So Yeah. Yeah, they've been, and I got one. I went out and bought one, and I thought, okay, that's it. You know, I filled it up mm -hmm. with Black Series figures, and that's all I'm going to do. But then, you know, you start getting into these other groups, and I ended up out at your toy connection in Ravenna, and I started picking up more Black Series figures, and I started getting into Ghostbusters more. And that, that entire Kenner line, the new Kenner line, I had to have every single one of them, Stay Puff, Slimer, all four figures, the Trap, the, the PKE meter, I had to have it all. Uh, it just kind of sucked me back into like when I was a kid watching Ghostbusters for the first time as a mm -hmm. kid. Um, and then now I'm slowly going through getting all the Kenner, the original Kenner figures from the 80s. And then that damn Rick out at Time Capsule Toys. <laughs> I went out yeah. there one time because he yeah. was like, hey, man, I heard you like Spawn. You should come check it out. And he had some Spawn. But then he had that goddamn Castle Grayskull as soon as you walked in. And it's like, what is this madness? What I don't even know what this is, but I've got to figure it out. Well, then he started kind of been educating me on Masters of the Universe, and I have been, oh my god, I'm hooked. It's like every time I get a paycheck in my account, I got to figure out how much I can spend on Masters <laughs> of the Universe figures. 
and it's just been it's been nuts but i mean i've got a pretty big uh spawn collection as well but that that stems from the comic books i've got every yep. single issue of spawn um all the way up to you know the, the most recent run and I'm, i've been going back through i've got all the wave one figures and trying to get all the variants um you know trying to track down those Merle combat 11 ones was a nightmare I'm still looking for one of those myself. I gotta admit, that's probably the nicest spawn I've seen. It's a, it's a beautiful figure, uh, but you know some of these like uh, late '90s, early 2000 figures. I mean, they're just they're phenomenal. They're beautiful. Except mm-hmm. Violator is like the worst figure ever. I, I hate it so much. The imposable limbs is awful. Um, but you gotta have it. <laughs> but I gotta have it. You know, if it says Violator, Violator yeah. Two. I don't care if it says Violator 14. I've got to have all 14 of them. Uh huh. Um, but then, and then my Funko Pop collection—it's—it's it's smaller than compared to everything else, but it ranges from uh, all the Venom. I have every single Venomized figure um, to the 80th anniversary Batman figures, all of the Mandalorian figures, um, all the 40th anniversary Star Wars figures, and um, anything that they make. Yeah, I'm going to say something so simple for so uh, for ten dollars. You know, it's something right. so simple, and it there's. Uh, very, uh, they're nifty. You know, it's just it's like a novelty item or something. You mm-hmm. know, because I have, uh, I have all the Ghostbuster ones that Pop has. The Pop figures have made, and uh, that's all the ones I have. I'm, I, I may have a one floating around here or there that I've got my wife, but it's just something. They're so simple. You know, it's like where was this idea ten years ago? <laughs> Right, and uh, you definitely figure out who you should and should not admit that you have a Funko Pop collection to very fast. <laughs> well, they're they're like a hidden mess between toy collecting. You know, some yeah. people think that it's like the modern Beanie Baby, and then you have other people that are, uh, you know, like, oh my God, like I gotta have this. Uh, you know, for example, I have uh, the White Ranger. I have the fur first release of the White Ranger and Power Rangers. That's another one of my little things. And it's like I had somebody had um, found out and had asked me through Messenger if I was willing to sell it. And it's like, no, not really. And then they shot me this number. And I'm like, how high are you right now? <laughs> because it was like, um, I think they had offered me like 100, 120 bucks, I think, for it. And it's well, like it's Jason David Frankentown. Frankentown? Yeah, right. you know, it's like <laughs> I, I mean, like I know that it's the first release, and a lot of the pop vinyls, um, depending on uh, what number they are, and they had a limited run on some of them, or some of them were just a nightmare to find, or you know, there's a lot of variants when it comes to the pop vinyls, and you obviously, you know, from. <laughs> You know, collecting them. Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, and it, it surprises me how much it changes overnight. Like the uh, the 10-inch Boba Fett 40th anniversary, I bought it for 30 bucks at Target, and then it, you know, now it's over 100 bucks. Man. So, um, Gus, what got you into collecting? Uh, Ghostbusters. <laughs> um. First thing, I saw the GB2 VHS when I was on my third birthday. Went to the video store around the corner, picked up, and I'm like, this looks cool. And then I went back and saw the first one. I'm like, there's a giant marshmallow man. 
<laughs> then I found out there's a cartoon. I was always like late to the trends, but um, eventually I just stuck with it. If I found something and I embraced it, I stuck with it like forever. Like there's nothing that I hadn't like, like Metallica and everything. It became like I had era bands. I grew up on Kiss, then Metallica, then Nine Inch Nails, then Poets of the Fall. You know, and then I always had bands around that for music, but for collector's purposes, I just, there was something I would grasp onto, and then I would carry my fandom, like, forever with it, which which would be great. Yeah, it was kind of a similar story for all, you know, between all of us, you know, we all have that one niche thing that kind of got us into collecting. For me, as a kid, it was definitely Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters who actually share an anniversary. You know, the original Turtles comedy came out in 84. The first Ghostbusters movie came out in 84. You know, so growing up, I always had those two toy lines. And I held on to them my entire life. And then, unfortunately, uh, my mom lost her house and everything I had is just gone. So I've slowly been rebuilding my Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles collections over the years. Um, and then it was, you know, CDs were the big thing. So I had to have every CD I could possibly find for every band I listened to. Racks and racks and racks of CDs. Um, and then it was movies because I started working at Blockbuster. And it's like, ooh, I love the way the shelves look all covered in movies. Let me do that in my room. Um, you know, so obviously those have kind of gone to the wayside with the ways of digital and everything. Um, and then a comic book happened called Batman and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I'm just Isn't like, that a recent one? It is. Okay. And I'm just like, holy crap, you know, two of my favorite things are teaming up. So then that got me into comic book collecting. And then I'm like, wait a minute, there's a Ghostbusters comic book? Okay, I need to get that too. And then, you know, there's a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic. I have to get that. So, yeah, I just... Uh, I started collecting comics again in 2016, and I'm up to seven long boxes already. You know, I'm slowly building Spawn up, because I love Spawn, I've always loved Spawn. Uh, slowly building my Spawn collection back up, you know, I've got the couple key Superman issues that I had when I was growing up, you know, Death of Superman, the wedding album, things like that. Uh, you know, and then the Power Rangers comic came out, and I'm like, ooh, let me grab this, because I, I was a fan of the original Rangers, too. So, um, you know, and then, like, uh, with Aaron and Bobby, you know, when Hasbro started re-releasing the real Ghostbusters figures, I'm like, this is perfect. I can start rebuilding those childhood toys. So I bought the whole line. And, you know, so I, I was the same. I, like, I'm never going to get into toys because they're just, they're chases and you got to figure out where they're going. And then Toys R Us went out of business. I'm like, well, now where are we going to go to get them? So, you know, and then all of a sudden Diamond Select released the Ghostbuster figures. And I'm like, I got to have those because I want to build the Gozer Temple. Finally met that goal. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I was hunting those down for you for a while. <laughs> I, I still need Venkman and the Terror Dog, man. I haven't pulled the trigger. I sent you a link the other day for the Terror Dog. Yeah, I just haven't had the cash to pull the trigger. <laughs> uh, well, you speak of the cash, you do owe me money. I do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> for more Ghostbusters shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, I mean, it's just similar stories, you know, with, with getting into the collecting and everything like that. 
Um, and we've all kind of mentioned the COVID crisis where, you know, well, what are we going to do now? Um, comic books were hit really hard by the COVID crisis. Um, a lot of the toys that were featured at the New York Toy Fair uh, earlier in February were affected by it. Um, I have my own horror stories about trying to get items post-COVID. Um, Aaron, uh, have you had any trouble finding any like exclusive figures or anything like that post-COVID? Oh, yeah. I mean, if anybody uh, has noticed any of my very aggressive posts recently on Neotac, uh, <laughs> uh, it's been very depressing, to be honest. I mean, I, uh, I don't usually get into the exclusive stuff. I'll, I'll wait till somebody else picks it up, tired of it, and then I'll buy it from them. But, you know, with me being on my craze with these Masters of the Universe figures, uh, you know, with them, they're re-releasing you know, a vintage line, and they're also re, uh, doing an Origins line with more posable figures, and it's like, as soon as I caught wind of that, you know, that this was going to happen, I, and I learned things every day, you know, about street dates, and shelf dates, and, and all this crazy shit, I, like that, it's like, it's like learning an entire new ecosystem, I just, mm -hmm. you understand it from this point, but if you understand all these other aspects, you, you, you then become the collector, so, you know, everybody tries to educate me on street dates and things. So, like, when somebody finally sat me down and was like, listen, this is why you're not finding anything. Uh, <laughs> because, the, well, the street date and the shelf date and all that stuff mean literally jack, you know. Yeah, it's <laughs> basically whether or not the store wants to take the, the fine for pre-streets or not. And it's, it's, it's a lot of things, you know, yeah, and Walmart didn't care. Now, now with the, the, the you got to help me with the Master Universe uh, line because you know that um, Maddie Collector had made uh, the the uh, well they weren't original obviously but um, they had came out with a Master of the Universe line. Now the ones that are coming out, I'm assuming they're Walmart exclusive. Now are those um, how are those? Are, are those similar to the Maddie Collector ones? Are they different? Are they same mold? Are they just repops? Or how how is that? So the work? new ones are made by a uh, company called Super Seven. Uh, they, they've been oh, in it for a minute. Okay. They they uh, this isn't their first stab at it. They I, I can't exactly remember which series it is, but they've been doing masters for a while now. Um, and then they like this year's the year that they decided to do. Um, you know, all these re-releases because, you know, Kevin Smith's doing the, the new animated series for Netflix, and that's supposed to, who knows when that's supposed to come out anymore. That guy comes up with more ideas than I think he knows what to do with. Um, yeah. But well, now Netflix, that has him on, Netflix has him on a strict deadline for that. Um, well, I would sure as hell hope so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not going to be like, you know, Mallrats 2 that we've been promised for 15 years, so. Um, but, like, Super 7 came out, you know, with this idea that they would re-release vintage figures kind of to get people excited about the TV show. So they, they really do have pretty much the same molds for the vintage line, although they do look a little bit newer, uh, different paint jobs, different accessories, things like that. Uh, but then the, the Origins line is what they're calling it. Um, it's not the same mold because now the, the, the figures are all posable with knee joints, ankle joints, wrists, shoulders, elbows, everything. Um, and, you know, with all the same accessories, and they're releasing them in waves. Like the first wave, you know, has like He-Man and Skeletor and Battle Cat and Tila and all these other figures. 
and it seems like the only one that's hit the streets so far that people can put their eyes on is mainly Skeletor and He-Man here and there. But every time I walk into a Target, it's like you see those empty pegs, and you just want to drop to your knees and scream, no, like, where mm-hmm. are these figures? You know, how come yeah. I keep missing it? I come at 7 a.m., I'm here, like, they should be here. But, um, you know, then I finally got educated today on, like, hey, here's why you're not finding them yet. And some stores have them because of the – stock date and some are waiting for that street date so now are those master of the universe ones are, are they retooled like the uh the kenner hasborough ghostbuster figures they're not the same mold they're just very identical they're just brand new you know they retooled all of the uh the uh, molds for the Kenner Hasbro wave or for the real Ghostbusters wave. Are they something similar to that? Yeah. Um, the, okay. uh, the vintage wave is, it's, it's, if you were to put them side by side, the molds are very identical. They move in the same way. They still have that, uh, like that power squat formation. It's okay. still a five, five and a half inch tall figure. Um, they're just a little bit more updated. You know, the, uh, the original ones have more of a matte finish to them. The newer ones have more of a gloss, um, Okay. They still come with the same battle harnesses. They still have the same. uh, The head sculpts are a little different, but they're still kind of the same. Um, Okay. But it's like, you know, because they branded as Masters, it's like, I got to have it. Yeah, Mm. yeah. Well, the only Masters, like, I've never gotten big in the Masters in the universe. And I know you guys are going to uh, make fun of me right now, but I actually uh, actually enjoy the uh, Dolph Lundgren. uh, movie like as cheesy as it is and as bad as it is it's actually uh, it's not as terrible as some people make it out to be but if I were to get any Masters of the Universe line I would I'd go after the movie ones yeah see and actually like ironically enough like the, the their classic line is what they also then have is their X line they were released at the same time or around the same time and the X line has more of the movie adaption figure looks, mm. uh, and and those are your those are your figures that are actually worth money. Uh, they're oh, worth yeah. more than the vintage line. Yeah, and it's it's weird coming from a bad movie like that. You know, it's, it's it really is. You know, you have a, a, a well, I you know I don't know. It was an eighties movie, I think, wasn't it? It, it yeah. came out in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't, uh, you know, it, it definitely wasn't a, a good movie. I think it had even lost money in the box office. Uh, but it's just one of those, you know, it's one of those accidents that become a cult classic, you know. It's right. it's yeah. one of the things. And, um, for example, like, I never got into Masters of the Universe either, but... I really love when they do like crossovers. Like you guys both were saying, the Turtles crossovers and things. I love the Turtles WWE crossover. The Sting one was phenomenal. And the Turtles Ghostbusters, of course. I think it was like oh, Leonardo yeah. Ray or something like that. Leonardo and Ray Stans. I like, I love that one. Like those would be the two I'd pick if I were to do that. If I were now to pick those up. Didn't, then, didn't they do a recent crossover with the Power Rangers? Wasn't the, the, the Ninja yeah. Turtles? Yeah, also that story was amazing. amazing. Okay. Yeah, they did one yeah. with uh, the Justice League. Oh, uh, they've done Power Justice League. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've done, done Justice League. They've done Power Rangers, Ghostbusters, and Batman yeah. are the ones that I know was, so far. It was a couple years ago when they did the uh, – there was a uh, it was IDW that did it, and it was uh, a crossover. It was an unbelievable crossover. Uh, Ghostbusters, 
Transformers and the mm-hmm. X Files. Yes. Yeah. 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 I don't have any of the X Files. I didn't have any of the X Files ones. Uh, I have basically most of the IDW comic book Ghostbusters line. Um, I unfortunately did not get any of the X Files ones. Um, but the Transformers uh, uh, with Ectotron that was that was pretty wild to see that I love and to Ectotron. read that story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Speaking of uh, comics and stuff and um, other mediums for collecting. Anyways, before before I mention the two big things, um, I want to get to the one thing I wanted to mention was I freaking loved the Ghostbusters WWE crossovers because it was my two biggest fandoms, but I never was able to snatch those. And I'm, like, willing to trade, like, any piece of my collection for those one day. But um, I always wanted two sets, one to open up with my girls to play mm-hmm. with and one to, to preserve on display on the wall because that is, like, the coolest crossover ever. I just wish they would have did, like, a Mick Foley uh, Ghostbuster WWE figure. He probably could have been Slimer. Yeah, and then they should have done Zack Ryder since he was so, he's so, so huge in the Ghostbuster collecting as well. I thought that would have been really cool to have him. He would yeah, have the only two good, the uh, only two figures I have out of that line are I have Stone Cold and I have um, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, the Undertaker looks really cool with that Ghostbusters belt. Yeah, yeah, and he's belt. all translucent uh, purple. Yeah. Like I would even settle for two of those, you know, just for yeah. the sake of yeah. Like if I, I see them on one, eBay here and there for they they the problem right now with and you guys probably already know this but right now with yeah. Ghostbusters stuff is scalper uh, hell. Well, it's yeah, not it's, it's, it's awful. Not, yeah, it's not really that is the scalping as much as it is anything that you know even six months ago I I would say that this had started even before the COVID thing even before. Yeah. They had announced the new movie, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Ghostbusters stuff. What you normally could pick up for, you know, five or ten dollars has now doubled, if not tripled, in prices in a lot of cases. Right. So Ghostbusters stuff has been a lot of hit or miss, unless you're lucky enough to stumble upon the figures at Walmart, yeah. the exclusives, or infuriating. Uh, oh God, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> the plasma series figures that Hasbro oh, yeah. is re- really Which are everywhere now. Yeah. What? Oh, see, I, I haven't like been those. able to find. I've not been able to find Dana or Gozer. I found all four of the Ghostbusters, but I cannot find Dana or Gozer. Uh, somebody actually just posted in in Tech Today that a store had all six figures. Normally, uh, Target right now, you can find all six figures. Walmart is mostly the, the four Ghostbusters, but if you want Dan and Gozer, like, normally I find them at Target. Okay, yeah, the Target over by me doesn't do that. It's slowing uh, to say the least. I think I've maybe gone in there once, and they've had Ray and Peter out of the Plasma series because those are doubles. I did and not like the look rest of, Ray. of the figures. I tell you, you know, Winston, Winston, and Egon. I think out of pretty much any any Ghostbusters wave that you can actually think of, Winston and Egon usually are the two best looking. Yes, Ghostbusters mm-hmm. by far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Ray, Ray um, gets know, horrible justice. 
<laughs> yeah, him and him and uh, Bill Murray's Peter. character Peter, yeah. they both are. Uh, you know, they they I could take or leave them, but because they have Ghostbusters on them, I gotta <laughs> have them. I, I thought, thought with the plasma series, he looked a lot like Paul Reiser from uh, Mad About You. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he does, but they did a good job with this one. It has mm-hmm. did a, a fairly good job with uh, mm-hmm. Bill Murray's character, uh, yeah. Peter Bankman, in this. I feel bad for Ray's character, though. Ray's probably my growing up Bankman. I was a big, the biggest fan of. But then, as I get older, the more and more I became a big fan of uh, Dan Aykroyd and Ray, and uh, Ray Stance. But that there's actually got to be careful now to all collectors. There's an image floating around um, of a messed up face version of Ray. Did you guys see that? No, for the plasma series. Yeah, it was nuts. There's like a. It looks like a halfway between a melted Paul Stanley face looking face or like a Chinese woman but his face is all warped and distorted hmm. yeah oh, it's, it's wacky <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's awful yeah. <laughs> but it's all the funniest thing I've seen in a long time yeah, so I, I would have to say probably the biggest frustration right now post COVID even still to this day July you know in July when you know Hasbro's reopened uh, Diamond Select, you know, Diamond Distribution is reopened. Uh, that new garbage distribution that DC Comics has is open. You still can't find half of this stuff on shelves. And the most infuriating part to me was, you know, Bobby, and you and I can attest to this because we, we were chatting back and forth the night it happened. Um, when Hasbro went live with the pre-orders, not only on the Plasma Series figures, but the real Ghostbuster figures, we jumped on that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then we both had insane time trying to actually get our hands on the figures. I mean, we pre-ordered them because we wanted them guaranteed. And then Walmart delayed our pre-orders, and then they hit the shelves three months before they were supposed to. So every store across the country was sold out three months before the, the pre-orders were even a thought in Walmart's head. And then on top of that, Amazon ran out of stock on the plasma figures, as did Target, well, as did you know a lot of these other places. Some of that is due to the fact that Hasbro had to shut down because of the coronavirus. But I think another part of that is I don't think... You know, any of these retailers thought, wait a minute, we have pre-orders on this. Maybe we shouldn't send these out until the pre-orders are filled. Well, and that's not the first time that's happened to me before. You know, I've pre-ordered stuff here and there, and I've seen it hit shelves, you know, two or three months, uh, you know, before any of the pre-order. I think it happened happened with the Spawn figures that recently came out. Um, obviously, the Ghostbuster figures, not only the Plasma series, but the Kenner Hasbro crowd, or you know, uh, figure. Um, it's been like that with a lot of stuff recently, Funko and I don't too. know what was that. Funko. Yeah. I'm still waiting on my uh, whatever you call that, the child, the big one, and it's every store has it, but I still oh, have yeah. my pre-order yet. Yeah. Oh, is it like the thirty-inch, right? Yeah, wait, yeah, yeah, something like that. The real yeah. big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pre-ordered that oh. day, went live, and I mean, you can walk into some GameStops and pick one up, and maybe some WalMarts, and I still don't have my pre-order yet. It's yeah, and, and and that's and I don't know what that is from. I think a lot of it maybe I don't know about 
uh, other toy companies and stuff like that. But I think a lot of it may have to do with Walmart. You know, not a lot of people have the best um, type of experience when it comes to Walmart. I know with the Kenner Hasbro figures, um, not only because of the whole COVID thing that was is going on right now, but um, what had happened with that, um, because I did a lot of research into that, and I did a lot of reading, and a lot of trying to find out what, you know, as far as even contacting Hasbro and, uh, and Walmart, and what had happened with uh, the Kenner Hasbro wave is... Um, they had originally released them, and what had happened was on the top of the card, in the upper right-hand corner, they have, or upper left-hand corner, I'm sorry, they have Who are you gonna a call, call Who are you gonna call? in yeah. yellow light writing above the No Ghost logo. Well, apparently they had to, there was a copyright because of uh, Ray Parker Jr., who owns the song Ghostbusters that's one of the uh, that is quoted um, I heard that Hasbro hadn't secured the rights for that um, so everybody that had pre-ordered them had pre-ordered them with those figures with that who you going to call at the top of it um, why they came out in stores three months before everybody else got their pre-orders is beyond me but the what had happened with that um, copyright claim they had to stop production of those cards and they took the who you're going to call off of the uh, the card uh, for the figure um, and when they did that um, it actually released the Kenner Hasbro figures under a new skew so anybody that had pre-ordered these figures, they were saying, oh, we're not getting them. We don't know when we're going to get them. We're not going to get them. Uh, they stopped making them. Uh, and here they were still producing them. Uh, but like I said, they were under a different skew. And there's a lot of people out there that had their orders canceled when that had happened. Because Walmart, I think, has like an idle time. And if your item that you have pre-ordered sits for X amount of time, they automatically cancel it because they cannot fill the order. Now, there, that was the reason why everybody who pre-ordered the Slimer and Stay Puck in that line... Yeah, there's people that still haven't gotten any of them, and it's because they were under a different skew, so you'd have to technically go in there and reorder them. And then what had happened now is they got all of these flooded in orders that they did catch or that people have been ordering them. So what they had to do is they actually pulled a lot of the figures um, that are from uh, the UK. Euro yeah, and they're all bilingual. Um, you know, so they were flooding the market to fill the orders here in the U.S., with figures that were supposed to be shipped overseas. Now, I don't, again, I don't know who that falls on, whether it's Walmart, whether it's Hasbro, whether it's a combination of the two, which would be my guess. Uh, but yeah, and you have these scalpers that are going in there and literally like walk into the back room of Walmart. They're not employees. 
he's walking right back there and going through their inventory and finding them and then picking the box up and walking out and cashing out with them. So they don't even hit the shelves. Interesting story about that. <laughs> um, you know, when we had found out, you know, Bobby and I are members of the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters. So, you know, we try to stay in the loop with a lot of that stuff because, you know, obviously everybody in our group wants to get their hands on these things and everything like that as well. Um, so in the midst of not necessarily the lockdown, I think we were out of the lockdown by that point. Uh, no, it was just starting. Oh, when, when Bobby and I, or when Tony and I went to Yeah, Walmart? that was just starting. Like they, <laughs> it just had came to the U.S. They were just reporting cases of mm-hmm. COVID in the U.S. when this was happening. Yeah. So uh, me and another member of our group um, decided we were going to go hunting because, you know, we wanted to get our hands on a second line of figures. And we knew that they were going to hit Walmart. So we pre-ordered one complete set, and then we were going to go to the store and get another complete set so that we had two sets each. Um, Bobby, being the big collector that he is, he wanted the, the Hasbro shipper box. So he's like, if you guys go and they're in the back, see if you can get me a shipper box. So luck was with us we only had to go to three different walmarts in our area at the third walmart we look on the shelf there's one complete set on the shelf and then we look in the aisle and they had all the pallets of all the uh, we probably shouldn't be saying this but they had all the pallets of all the stuff they hadn't put on the shelf yet and there's another fucking box that says hasbro ghostbusters we picked that thing up and ran to the register with it ripping the box open at the self-checkout trying to hide the box and scanning the figures and just ran out of the store after we paid for them and everything and then we said bye your luck right there guys oh god it was was so awesome like just the adrenaline high we were on but they still didn't have stay puffed and slimer we were just able, only able to get the four Ghostbusters. So me getting my hands on two complete sets was a pain in the butt. Like, I was able to get uh, the four Ghostbusters in that initial trip, and then my pre-order got canceled. So, you know, thank God for Neotech. I was able to find somebody selling a set of Ghostbusters. Um, and yeah, then... and I, had, I bought the two extra ones that you had. Yeah, yeah. The bilingual ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some jerk went to a couple Walmarts and had ripped the, the cards on Slimer and Stay Puffed. So I'm like, I'll buy those two, and then those will be my open ones. And then I was able to buy Slimer and Stay Puffed off of somebody else too. And I didn't pay over retail, thank God. You know, um, you know, thank God for Neotech. I will say that in, in that respect, to where I didn't have to go on ebay or somewhere like that and spend two hundred dollars just for the slimer and the stay puff when they retail for 15 bucks so uh aaron i know you had mentioned you were having some problems with funko um were you having any problems trying to find any other figures other than like the masters of the universe or anything like that um i mean it's kind of uh along the same lines uh as what you guys are doing first and foremost i am also trying to get into this Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters group. Um, Have you contacted us? Yeah, it's it's been a slow process. Uh, I, I had heard last week. I just need to get my uh, background check. Uh, okay, my you're background the guy I've been talking to. Okay, cool. 
Oh, so man, this has been such an experience so far. <laughs> but um, yeah, I actually just you're welcome. This is how it goes all year round. <laughs> it's been a blast. Uh, the, the main issue with that is, is that I'm working third shift right now. So, like, the time I'm available to talk is, like, 9 p.m. till 5 a.m., but I'm at work. So, it's, like, it's trying to pick up my phone whenever I can, and then I sleep until, like, 6 o'clock in the afternoon normally. So, um... Oh, no, that whole thing's been great. I'm, I'm yeah. just... I'm trying to get everything in line to get a shit and get sent over. Um, oh, okay, the, uh, cool. I, I just had to recently do the... Uh, uh, the background check for school when I went back. So I have to, oh, here's the doctor. to get okay, a copy cool. of that. Um, but, uh, you know, when it comes well, to the... Well, coincidence, we're all doctors, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, like, it was definitely the Ghostbuster stuff that was... Uh, it was definitely hard because as soon as I was able to get my hands on, like, the first two Plasma Series figures, which was Peter and Stan's... I, you know, I kind of got hooked at that point, and then when I started seeing, you know, the Kenner line, I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta be able to get these figures somehow. And it was the same thing, going to Walmart and Walmart and Walmart. And I, I mean, in the middle of I, a pandemic, yeah. right? <laughs> and from, and from what I understand, <laughs> I was able to. I mean, I was luckily able to get a Stay Puff and a Slimer only, and it says the who you're gonna call on them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like, I, I was able those to. Ones ever, I don't think those ever came. I don't think they ever reissued those. I don't think they I have had not seen them second. recently. I have not. I uh, I, I, I yeah. ended up getting all four of the Ghostbusters off of Time Capsule Toys because I could not find them anywhere. And with me driving to Akron as much as I was, I would stop at the Walmart over, um, or not in Akron, Canton, North Canton. I would go over there to that one, and I would stop there twice a week when I was up there for classes. And eventually I was able to find another whole uh, all four figures, and, and I was able to get another one because I wanted one in-box and one out-of-box. It was the mm -hmm. same thing with the Plasma series figures. I wanted one in-box and one out. The only ones I don't have one in-box and one out of is Stay Puff and Slimer because I haven't found them again. But luckily, with Renegade over here, I was able to get the original 80s uh, Stay Puff and Slimer. So that was Wow. Great. And, and on card? No, no, unfortunately not. I mean, that's, that's definitely something <laughs> eventually down the line I would like to get you know, all six of them from the eighties on card, but, um, I think yeah. I'm still, I'm still stuck on masters for the minute. So as soon as I get off that, maybe after I can get all the origins and, and vintage. Yeah. Right. Um, well, I want to jump just, back I just, over. I just want to say right now that you have failed the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters test because it is not He-Man. That is not who Ouch. you call. Ouch. <laughs> that is, unfortunately, that you are correct. That is not who I call. But I guess if you think about, I guess if I think about myself in a time period, I guess that could have been the equivalent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And it don't look good. <laughs> yeah. Let's go um, grab a beer. <laughs> uh, um, Bobby is actually one of the founding members of the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters. So if anybody says you fail that test, it's him. And <laughs> there's nobody that I would have rather been told that by than you. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, I am here to disappoint you anytime that you need it. <laughs> anytime that you feel good about yourself, you just give me a ring, and I'll put you back down where the ground where you need to belong. It's no well, don't big worry. deal. It, it's been it's been three days of of being pretty disappointed and depressed because of Walmart. So uh, uh, yeah, 
your your whole insult has made me feel better. So reverse psychology. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad I could make somebody's day. It's you know it is what it is. You know. Uh, I mean, we've all had you know pre-order failures and obviously you know stuff like that. Um, shipping has been another issue. Um, I had to return. I don't know how many of the plasma series figures because the boxes were just absolutely destroyed uh bobby you saw the pictures of the first wave that i got and it literally looked like they dropped a fucking brick on top of my figures well that's what happens when they ship them to you in a uh vanilla yeah in a vanilla envelope (laughs) yeah they were they were destroyed and and it's not just uh you know amateur and that's the thing right now, you know, with the COVID thing. And I was um, running into this at work, too. A lot of the COVID stuff has put a hurt not only on the toy industry, but the every industry. The, yeah, you, every, in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even down to um, people that make cardboard boxes. They had ran out of cardboard boxes of all the things so what they were doing is they were improvising and they were shipping in these envelopes. They have no padding, no protection. They don't care. They don't know that it's going to a collector. They don't, they, they, to a lot of people, toys are toys. They're meant to be open. They're meant to be played with. They're not meant to be collector items. Yeah. And so they ship them in these, these manila envelopes, or if you're in Walmart's case, they ship them in a box that's 10 times the, no, no, the, the size that it needs to be with no type of protection. And they fold the fucking car over to fit it in the yeah. box. Yeah, or, or you get them shipped to you in a box that's half the size of what it needs to be with all types of protection in there, but they take and they fold the card over or they smash the box to fit inside the little box to ship them to you. And, uh, you know, it's it's just, it's unfortunate, really, you know, because mm. I'm sure they have a warehouse full of smashed up boxes of Ghostbuster and who knows whatever other figures there has been in that, um, you know, in that, in that situation. And I know a lot of people were laid off during that time, you know, and I, I, I spoke to Amazon quite a bit during that time, obviously. Um, and they had said that they scrambled to try to just hire people just to get them jobs, you know, during that most difficult point. And I understand that, but, you know, at least have like one veteran standing next to those guys saying, Hey, you know, don't put the toys in the, in the bubble bags, put those in a box. You know, and I didn't know about the box shortage because we know somebody that works in a box factory. Yeah. I would have gone down to Akron and kicked the shit out of them and said, give me a fucking box. <laughs> yeah, well, it's unfortunate. You know, they ran out of printer paper. One yeah. of the companies that we um, work for, or or one of the company, the, com- the company that I work for, the company that they get their supply of printer paper from, had ran out of printer paper. You couldn't go to Home Depot. You couldn't go to Walmart. You couldn't go to any place. Home Depot. Why do they say Home Depot? Office Depot. You should have gone to Dunderland Mifflin. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, Scranton, anything, Pennsylvania. You know, and, and but yeah, they, there was a paper shortage. You know, and and now we're in a coin shortage. You know, so it, it's this whole thing has put a hurting on everybody and everything. 
mm-hmm. including shipping, you know, because you yeah. got to think, too, the, the wait times have been ridiculous mm-hmm. on some of the stuff that you get, too. Yeah, and I think the the biggest industry that was hit by that was comic books. You know, um, DC and Marvel, the two two big ones, DC and Marvel, had said that they were going to try to find ways to ship books out even without Diamond. And then Diamond just said, okay, great, you can send us all the books you want. We're not going to send them out. Um, And so titles have been pushed back months. You know, I, and I, I thought the wait on Doomsday Clock was bad because it was originally supposed to be every other month. Then it became every six months. Then it became, eh, we'll get you the issue whenever we, we finish it. <laughs> Which is the story at DC all the time, unfortunately. Um, it is. Uh, I want Earth 1 Volume 3 so bad. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting for Earth 1. Um, so DC left... Diamond. Diamond's been back up and running for a few months now. Um, they finally got all the books sent out. They had everything that they had uh, from DC's backlog before DC left Diamond sent out. Now DC is on its own distributor. And I go to two different comic book stores in the Parma, Ohio area. Both of them has had shipping problems. Uh, one of the bigger stores in our area just actually posted today that he didn't get part of his shipment in uh, for DC Comics. And reaching out to these guys, I was actually at my one comic book store while the guy that owns the store was on the phone with them saying, like, look, you shorted me yet again. I paid for these books. I want you to send them out. And they're trying to say that they don't have any. And that's what they told this other guy, too, that had posted today. Now, is this distributing company that DC is working with? Are they? Is this something new to them? Like, have they ever uh, handled... Because DC, you know, DC is just like Marvel in a lot of ways, um, you know, as, as compared to size. Mm-hmm. Now, like, are they, the company that they went with, are they used to dealing with smaller stuff? Or they just said, screw it, we're just going to go with this company because instead of... Instead of uh, Diamond charging us a dollar a book to ship them, where this place is only going to cost us fifty cents to ship a book. I think some of it had to deal with money, but DC and Warner Brothers recently just sold to AT and T, so they have all new gods, you know, that are running DC, Warner Brothers, all that. That's why all that stuff is being moved to HBO Max, too. Oh, um, but on top of that, you know. A lot of people, and Aaron, you can attest to this because I know you collect comics too. Um, people have been bitching about Diamond for years. Yeah. And so DC finally got tired of hearing all the bitching and said, okay, we'll go to this new distributor. And this new distributor was also willing to ship during the pandemic. Um, so, you know, they're just like, hey, these people are willing to ship during the pandemic. We'll have the, the run of the market, blah, blah, blah. And then the deal didn't go through until after, you know, all the stay-at-home orders had been lifted. So then Diamond had all these old books that they still had that were shipped from the printers previous to the pandemic. So for a while it was, am I getting it from Diamond or am I getting it from the new guys? Now the problem is, I don't know if it's the printers that aren't getting the books to the distribution company in time or what's going on, but they keep claiming that they run out of books 
and the second prints, second printings of these books haven't been done yet, but a lot of the variant covers that, you know, the chase covers are only being done in the first run. So now anybody that may have wanted a second cover or, you know, there's a very specific, you know, whatever on the, on those variants, nobody's going to be able to get them now. Um, I, I got the perfect, I got a perfect solution for this. You guys are ready for that? You ready? The perfect situation for that is you do what McFarlane has done and you make 12 variants. <laughs> to make 12 variants to the same comic and then this way everybody gets a comic cover <laughs> well you know but it just it doesn't make any sense because like you know with with diamond i don't know about you aaron but with diamond i never had a problem getting my dc books it was dc that was the problem at the time because the books i want were late you know coming think, from whoever wrote them you know when it comes to the diamond thing i think it was more of a uh uh you know, storefront issue than it was a fan issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, storefronts were always pissed off. I mean, I I get a I get my comics from my shop in downtown Pittsburgh, and it, it, that was like the, a daily thing. You walk in there, you know, fuck diamond this, fuck diamond that. And it's like, all right, well, did I get my books? Yeah, your books are here, but let's talk about the real issue. It's like I don't want to talk about the problem. I just want my books. Um, right. But I think it's on the flip side of this new distributor for me. Uh, because I don't, I don't really hear too much uh, about them complaining. I mean, you know, over in Pittsburgh where I go, uh, it's a great shop. I, I don't know if it's a, maybe a reputation thing. Maybe it's just uh, geographically. I don't know what the issue is because I do hear that there are issues with the new distribution company. Mm-hmm. Um, like Adam so- uh, Sable out at uh, Adam's Action Figures and Comics, if nobody has been there before, him and I talk about this stuff all the time, and he was saying that he actually enjoys this new company better than he likes Diamond. Um, but he he had a lag for about a week or two. But ever since the lag has been lifted, he's been getting his books. Um, not he's not been told that he's been shorted anything, or if he was shorted, he got it he got figured out pretty quickly. But um, I also think it's going to depend on, like I said, like kind of geographically, like the place I go to is a big place. Um, you got a lot of people to come in and out of there that have their own folders, and there's a lot of books that are being funneled through there for all kinds of different subscribers. Um, so I don't know if that has an, an, an issue to do with it. Um, I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I no, I have actually not have any issues uh, receiving the books that I have mm-hmm. uh, coming in. But, you know, it, I don't know because I'm not really paying attention to it too much. As long as I go in and my books are there, I don't have anything to complain about. Right. Um, but we're still dealing with both of it. You know, we still, we still mm-hmm. have Diamond. We still have this new distribution company, which I don't even understand this new distribution company yet. Do we even know the name of it? Um. Yeah, it's distribution company. Uh, <laughs> if you look on, yeah, if you look on Bill's post on Neotech from uh, Bill's Comics and uh, Bill Pappas on Neotech, he had mentioned it um, and said that you know he got shorted on books yet again. I'm trying to see if I can find it. Uh, USC Distributors. Yeah, see, USC. I've never heard of it. None of us have ever heard of it. And yeah. Even if DC sticks with it for the next ten years, nobody's still going to understand that company, right? Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's it's still new. I mean, they've only been DC's distributor for like one or two months, so maybe they're not used to the flow. That's what I was saying earlier. Right. Like it could be a it could be like we've gone from shipping hundreds of books to mm. thousands upon thousands of books because. Or if um, they were I even in comics in the past. I mean, because, like, you know, yeah, I mean, and that's I the other that, thing. That other place that used to have its distribution right here in, in, in Ohio um, that was, 
Marvel's distributor for a while. They had left Diamond and went to this other distributor, and then Marvel started having the same problems that DC's having now, and Marvel said, well, fuck this, we'll just go back to Diamond. Um, so, I mean, I mean, it could be a thing where, you know, DC has to go crawling back on their hands and knees and be like, we're sorry, you know, can, can we have the, the good good again? I wonder if it's got anything to do with what we were talking about before, like supply issues. Like, it is, you know, because DC, when they print their books, it's on different paper than what Marvel and independent companies are using. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a more of a no, different uh, textile. Different paper. Right. Like, so like you got some books that are still on the high gloss paper, like Marvel and Boom and IDW are using. And then you have right. Batman and like D, uh, Doomsday Clock and a couple of the other titles were on this other, uh, almost like an old, older newsprint. It feels like. right, and arguably, yeah. uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but I do like that. Definitely, I definitely like that new style. Yeah, or you know, like a vintage feel. But I wonder if that's got something to do with it. Like, do they have to then? You know, because they were doing a lot of that printing with uh, Diamond originally. You know, I can mm-hmm. think back when they, I noticed it the first time is when that the new volume of Catwoman came out, and I noticed that texture, and I thought, wow, this is really great. But they were with Diamond back then. Is that not mm-hmm. an option? You know, or is this new company trying to provide that option, but not in a large enough quantity? I don't know. I mean, I, it could I be don't anything. Think, yeah, I don't think USC is doing the printing because DC had said they had their own printer and they've had their own printer it for could a be, while. It could be a, a style of art, too, because you mm-hmm. realize, like, the uh, the style of art has changed uh, dramatically over the years. And, uh, you know, with the way that they're um, portraying characters now, you know, believe it or not, if you take a comic book that was printed in the 80s, even 90s, and even before that, you know, the paper has changed over the years, the paper, but the size of the paper, too. And you realize that it does add or take away from the artistic feel that a lot of these drawings have in there, because you can take... Um, I'm trying to think of a comic book off the top of my. If you take Endgame, which was uh, Batman, um, was it Endgame? Was that the name of that uh, series that they did with uh, the Joker? Recently, got his new face, the new face that they had released. Um, when he cut his face was... off. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I pulled he... it back on. I was a great. Yeah, was it Endgame? Death of the Family. Yeah, I was going to say, that was like the the redo of Death of the Family. Okay, yeah, yeah, so, but if you take that comic book, because it's on a high gloss. It is. If you take that comic book and you put that comic book on a page that, um, you know, from a, a comic that was made in the 90s, early 90s, 80s, even the 70s, you can get a different feel yeah, for the yeah, art. I, yeah, and I wonder if it, it can if, make if, it dimmer. It can make yeah. it grittier. It can make it, um, you know, less um, appealing. You know, mm-hmm. it almost makes you uncomfortable reading it if you feel dirty in a way, kind of. And yeah. I think that has a lot to do with it. You yeah, know, I could be wrong. That's the way I, I think about it but mm. I mean newsprint definitely has a different feel and it definitely does strange things to the art I mean that's that's definitely there um but I know that when Scott Snyder was doing Batman for the new 52 it was still on high gloss the first time I noticed that the paper changed on it was when it changed hands with the rebirth of the new DC universe whatever they're calling it uh when Tom King and now um 
Oh, God, I can't remember the guy's name that's writing Batman now. But when those two guys took over. Um, and so I'm wondering if maybe it's just Tom King's, like, I want this more newsprint feel. Because even with uh, Doomsday Clock, you know, that was meant to feel like it was a sequel to The Watchmen. So that's on straight newsprint. So, yeah, it's that old, that old mm-hmm. feel, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, it's a lot grittier. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the comic right now. I'm looking through my books. I have it. <laughs> I'm just trying to uh, get the um, the the issue number and uh, what have you. So I think but, it, yeah, that, it, that, that is definitely, definitely New 52, 52 though, because there was a book it, called yeah. Batman Endgame. Yeah, so, here it is. It's mm-hmm. Endgame. Uh, it's New 52 Batman Endgame Part 3, Issue 37. Um, and it, 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 for anybody that is listening, it is a, if you can get the entire run of the Endgame series, uh, the New 52, is, um, it is a very good story. And, yeah, it was. Um, the Joker, um, he had this... Um, Leatherface for the people that don't uh, haven't read it, uh, he had these um, he had this Leatherface type um, deal where he had this mask that was stretched over his own face. Yeah, actually, uh, he, had the, he had the toy maker cut his face off. Yeah, and he stapled it back on. Yeah, and uh, but he had this. Uh, but in the New Fifty Two. In part three, uh, he actually reveals, uh, he takes that face off that has been stretched over his own face and reveals the uh, face that he now currently, I think he Mm. still currently has. But Mm. like I said, if you take that book and you put that on an old stock uh, paper or on that newspaper feel, it's a a very, I think it would change the story very, very in the artistic way that the stories prevent are presented to you, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's me thinking wrong. But I, you mm-hmm. know, I, what you guys think? No, I agree. I mean, you know, I don't know. I think it's going to take DC some time to get the, the kinks worked out. It's a new distribution company, and uh, you know, people people definitely fall into their old ways that. You know, if if a, if a company decides to announce that there's going to be a change, people don't like change. No, and they don't. If, <laughs> if there is going to be a change, people want it to be seamless. It's not ever seamless. There's always yep. bumps, especially in the time period that we're in right now. Um, you know, there's going to be issues with it. And I think eventually as we start to see us coming out of this age of COVID, uh, it's probably going to get better with, with time. I think that's why we hear like some places are having issues and some aren't because – you know, it, it's working for some and not for others. So it's just going to take time. Yeah. Can, Can you guys hear me at all? Hello? Shit. You still there, Lee? Hello? You there? I lost Hello? the microphone. Is anybody there? It's, uh, I'm here. This is uh, it's Gus. Uh, okay, yeah, I don't know what had to happen. Uh, yeah, everything got real quiet. Yeah. I don't know. Is there anything you want to add to the topic? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I'll just say the announcements real quick. While I'm doing uh, customer, there's a new suicide. Well, color me embarrassed. Um, 
apparently at some point during this segment about the problems with DC distribution, my microphone went haywire. Um, my headset went haywire. And when it came back on, you know, I was able to hear myself on the recording, but nobody in the group could hear me. Um, oops. Um, okay. So there's a, a weird gap in, in what's happening here. And obviously I wasn't really paying attention to what was being talked about because I was trying to get my microphone to work. Like I kept tapping on it, you know, doing one of these. Um, and I don't know. So, okay. We'll, uh, join their conversation in progress. And then I will hopefully be able to just add the second call on here where I came back. So let's, um, let's just join their conversation in progress and um, more things from the Ghostbusters universe and then it seemed like once Ghostbusters Afterlife had came into play that mm-hmm. rug was the licenses was like ripped out from underneath them and Hasbro had it you know because Hasbro owns Kenner so they, they um, you know they did uh, they did what they had to do I guess and I'm don't get me wrong I thoroughly enjoy uh, oh, because I can do what the audio is coming. you know. Okay, okay. am I back Michael. now? You back, Lee? Can you can, can you guys, you guys hear me now? now? Yeah, we can hear you now. Absolutely. Son, Son of a bitch, man! man. All, All I did was knock the side of my laptop, laptop and it completely, completely took, took everything out. Did you stop recording? <laughs> I, did. I did. Oh man, we were doing we were doing so good without <laughs> you. We don't even need you. <laughs> <laughs> well, because when, when my mic got, got disconnected, it automatically stopped the recording. recording. So, oh it, no. Um, all right, but, but we, we are, are rolling now. now. I have it rolling, and, and I'm seeing all my little bars moving, so we're, we're good. good. What, what was the last thing we were talking about? about? What it was the change from newsprint to the high gloss? Well, we oh, we moved on. Yeah, we moved on from that. Gus <laughs> yeah. was talking about the uh, rock steady uh, suicide squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, uh, Different, different universe than Arkham, though, right? Yeah, that's what I'm hearing, but I, I'm welcome to that. I mean, I hope it's not a different Origins, so. Yeah, I hope it's not a different universe. I really hope they kind of tie it into Arkham, not necessarily like a, a sequel to Arkham, but mm. definitely be yeah, the same. Off. Yeah, definitely be in the same origin. There's no need to take it out of that uh, context. Plus, um, it's I mean, how much y'all doing that Court of Owls game too? Oh yeah, that's true. It's gonna be really nice. That's one I'm I'm definitely pre-ordering. 
Well, as long as we don't get on the subject of The Last of Us 2, I think I'm okay. Yeah, I won't have to, I won't have to have a mental breakdown on the on this podcast. <laughs> playing uh, Fallout 4 for the first time ever. I've never played any of the Fallouts. I never did until now, and I am loving this game so much. Yeah, so, I hear it's a game that you can really sink a lot of time in, like Witcher 3. Hundreds. Hundreds of hours. I don't wow. have that time. <laughs> I'll, I'll stick to my Ghostbusters, the video game remastered. That's so good. It'll never get old. My number one spot for when, forever. Speaking of which, <laughs> when are they going to drop the the when are they going to drop the new and improved rebuild multiplayer? Uh, multiplayer is that going to be hung in the balance for? Um, they're they're actually waiting for the next ice age. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Dinosaurs come and then go. You know, like like a fucking pandemic where everybody's just stuck at home, not doing anything. Wouldn't have been a perfect time to sit there and be like, "Hey, live is available for Ghostbusters. Play with your friends." <laughs> we'll be keeping powering out for you. I'm trying to pull up the computers now again. They crashed on me. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's... Uh, See? It's, it's definitely... Uh, uh, I don't know. know that... um, August 22nd at DC Fandome is going to be the official announcement for the Suicide Squad game. Yes. And it looks like the crosshairs are on Mr. Uh, Mr. Soups here. So it looks like yes. there's a uh, crosshair right on Superman's head, and it says yeah, "Target really Launch." Intrigued by that. So is that like, because uh, like I said, I know I know enough about Batman to be a little dangerous. But they, now, what you guys, who you think that may be? It's got to be Deadshot. You think? Yeah. Well, who are they going to let you play in it? Like, so it's the Suicide Squad. So they're going to let you play as multiple characters, or they're going to be like, no, you have to play as, you know, like we're alluding to Deadshot. Um, I I don't know. There's um this this is actually from DC's website, and they're saying stay tuned to DC Fandom on August twenty second uh, for all the uh, one Just of the URLs Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League dot com. Yeah, so that's a speculation that that's going to be the game title, mm-hmm. which is fine either way. I mean. I mean, yeah, and then you're you're making us wait. You know, what is it? Three the better part of three weeks before you give us any information. For fandom, yeah. Things that you give. Yeah, that's so, not that bad though, compared to like three years we've been waiting for all the teasers for a Court of Owls game. That's gonna be nice. Sure. You see, the con- leaf concept art is phenomenal. White Rabbit looks creepy as heck. They got all kinds of cool stuff going on. Yeah, I mean that DC fandom sounds like it's gonna be pretty cool. Um, I know that the oh, yeah. new Batman series that they're announcing for. Uh, HBO Max is going to be on there. Um, I don't. Whether... I don't care. I just want Batman Beyond. I'm so yes. tired of all of this. I want a Batman Beyond movie. Michael Keaton needs to come back, which he is. They... Well, <laughs> yeah. that looks That's like what they what might they be trying said. to do with Flashpoint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard that he's supposed to have a cameo in Flashpoint, but he's not supposed to be. From my understanding, he's not going to be in the bat suit. No, no just I, an he's older to be, Wayne, so it's like their way of integrating. Well, yeah, he's supposed to be playing Thomas Wayne, or half-assed uh, version of um, of uh, Beyond here, and then say, like, <laughs> "Nah, don't do that. Just either give us a tease, or just make it an in- intro into it, but don't make it like they're like half-assed attempt to, you know." Well, I think what Flashpoint is supposed to do is it's supposed to kind of like what the Flashpoint comic did for the comics, 
is reboot the DC extended universe, whatever the hell they're calling it. And it's supposed to say that Michael Keaton's Batman has been the only Batman. But anybody that knows the story of Flashpoint knows that Batman in Flashpoint was not Bruce. It was his father, Thomas. Right, which is why he needs to be in the damn bat suit in the movie. I swear to God, if they, if they give me that movie and I don't get to see Batman with the gun on the hip and, and the red lip so, uh, logo and everything, it's going to drive me insane. Yeah, if they don't do, they got to make it a movie. You can't mess around. You got to have Michael Keaton in it. You've got to mm-hmm. have him in it. No ifs, ands, or buts. Michael Keaton needs to come back as Batman. They need to do a Batman Beyond they need to wipe out the last two Batman movies uh, and just pick it up right where it left with Return, Batman Returns, and be like, hey, you know what, it's been 30 years. Well, when did Batman Return come out? Did it come out like 89? Uh, no, 92. No, 92, yeah, because Batman, yeah. the original Batman came out in 89. I, think. I love that concept. I really do. Um, that way they can explain... The absence of a lot of the actors, like oh, Commissioner Gordon's dead, Alfred's dead, because actors yeah. Michael Go and Pat Hingle, they're all gone. Yeah, so and like, you can do you it can could just be in part of the story. A, yeah, a new slate, you know, and you don't have to. It's not technically a reboot; it's just a it's a sequel to. Um, you know, they did that not too long ago. Um, well, you know, they're doing it with Bill and Ted. They're doing it with Ghostbusters. You know, so it's. I think they need to do that. They Halloween. need, to, yeah, Halloween. You know, they've been people have been asking, and this is what I don't understand. Look, I'm no expert on anything. I don't claim to be an expert on anything. I, you know, I am not a millionaire. I, I my wife handles my money because <laughs> I'm so bad with it. Same, same um, with me. <laughs> um, but the thing I am is, so grateful for her. My fiance tries, but I don't give her access to the secret but, card. The thing, the thing is, is you need the bad card. Why mm-hmm. don't you listen to the fans? The fans don't want to reboot. Guess what? You don't reboot it. You don't reboot something that doesn't need to be rebooted. Why not stick with the original or what people want instead of making something different just to appease, uh, you know, the director or mm-hmm. the movie company or uh, the um, any of the investors, you know, because you're going to make so much more money if you give the fans what they want instead of just making a cash grab out of anything. Like I said, Michael Keaton needs to come back as Batman. They need to do a Batman Beyond movie and just be done with it. You know, make it a, another one. Make it a two-part Batman Beyond movie. Heck, make it a three-part. Make it a trilogy. I'm, yeah, a trilogy. I'm good with that. You know, they, I, I would absolutely love, you know, because I, I watched a lot of the animated series, and I jumped right into Batman Beyond, and I absolutely loved Batman Beyond. I did not care for a lot, some of the artwork that was done in it, uh, but the story was just astounding. It was a, an amazing story. You know, Batman's old. He's been beaten up. He can't do it anymore. I, you know, I, it's, uh, you know, when the first episode had happened, you see this new bat suit. It's more enhanced because Bruce Wayne 
is so old he can't do it by himself anymore, so he has to have this suit to help him, uh, you know, fight crime. And after that first battle that he gets into, he takes off the bat suit and he's just bloodied all the hell. He's been beaten up and he knows that he can't do it anymore. So he retires everything and it's only him and the dog and that big ass mansion. And he has to find a replacement and he does, you know, so it's, you got, you got to do it. There's just no, look, you got to do it. <laughs> Michael Keaton to me is Batman. There is no other Batman. I, you know, I, I don't mind Val Kilmer's Batman. I don't mind uh, um, Ben Affleck's Batman. They all did. A and they really stepped over the border for like the gray area too. Like yeah. your DNA override. Like oh, I'm your father after all. And it's like, but I hijacked your DNA. Yeah. It's like, Whoa. <laughs> They cross a lot of gray areas that would translate really well in movies. Yeah, and the story's there. That's the thing, too. You don't need to even rewrite it. The story is there. All you have to do is put it to film. But they will. They'll still rewrite it. They'll still add things and take things out. They always do. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. But it's just, it just, like I said, just does not make sense to... Um, hijack something that doesn't need hijacked. You know, you don't need to. You don't need to make it even any better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said, it's it's there. Everything is there. Well, There's I mean, now with uh, now with the new overlords in power, AT and T, and with that huge, you know, they own their own fucking streaming platform yes. with HBO Max. So maybe some of that stuff, because I know that there were actually talks of a live action. Batman Beyond TV show going to that'd be cool. Uh, DC Universe, which it looks yeah, like that needs to be that needs to be a movie though, not a TV show. It needs a big budget. You're gonna have you're, it, it needs to have all of that. Go all out. Mm-hmm. It, he deserves it. The McGinnis story deserves it. You're right. Or you know what? I don't care if they even make it a TV series as long as it's a one series thing, ten episodes long, but give it the budget. Do what. Um, yeah, well, that's I'm what I mean. Gonna... It needs the budget. It needs the money to fund it. Yeah, and I'm not saying that, like, it sucks, but I'm a, I'm a big uh, Evil Dead fan, too. I love mm-hmm. Evil Dead. I love Ash. Um, but that was like that with Ash versus Evil Dead when it went to, I think it was, was it, it Showtime or was it was it original? It, no, it was always on Stars. I think all three okay, seasons stars. were on Stars. Yeah. yeah, but it was the highest pirated TV show of all time and that's why it only went three seasons because people were too busy stealing it instead of paying for the subscription or mm-hmm. buying it on DVD like well, I when did. It's that good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but and that's the thing. Like if you're gonna do something like that TV related to Batman Beyond, you gotta give it the budget, you gotta make it you don't drag the story out. We don't need a like I said, we know the backstory for Batman. We don't mm-hmm. need to see it again. You know, we jump already right into know. The new stuff. Yes, just jump right in, pick up right where Return had left off. Look, he retired, or he's been fighting crime the whole entire time, but he just can't do it anymore. Yeah, but uh, it'd be cool if if the third part of that trilogy was the Batman Beyond movie, like Batman '89, Batman Returns, and then Batman Beyond would be that third part. Yes, that's that's your shooting right there. Well, yeah. I think that's what they're trying to do with Flashpoint. I think what what's going to end up happening is. 
you know, in that Flash movie, they've they've already come out and said it's Flashpoint, which is why they wanted Michael Keaton's Batman to return. You know, be it whether he's the I Bruce... see what you did there. <laughs> Batman um, returns. No, I, I thought it was funny. <laughs> um, you know, either either he's the Thomas Wayne Flashpoint Batman, or he'll be the Bruce that's at in the Batcave at the end of Flashpoint, where the Flash hands him the letter from his father. Like they haven't said what part of Batman Michael Keaton is going to play yet, but. And clearly, Keaton still got the chops for it because he played Falcon, or not Falcon, uh, Vulture in Spider-Man. Yeah, he was excellent in that. We just watched it again. Yeah, he's supposed night. to have some role in Morbius, also. Yeah, I think Vulture returns in Morbius because they're trying to combine S- setting up Sinister Six mm-hmm. with yep. Var- uh, Venom and. I finally, Carnage. actually get it this time, though. I well, I mean, with, well, with being... all that, uh, with all that fucking Disney and Fox money rolling their way to to keep the character of Spider Man under the Sony bubble, they better. Well, it kind of leads into what we were talking about earlier about the Ghostbusters franchise and how mm. there was all that that crap, you know, mixed up in the media with what well, you're if you're against the all female cast, well, yeah, you fucking males, and it's like, no, it's not what it's about. But and, but that's where that's where the MCU is going now. It has to be more diverse and. You know, we're going to support Brie Larson and her feminism. And, yeah, fuck all you white, you know, journalist males. Like, no, that you're going to have to get away from that. And, yeah. and that well, that's un- it's unfortunate, but that's the day and age that we live in. And, you know, it's, it's like you're taking something. And because Sony, if you guys, like the people that are listening, the people that um, are curious to find out, there's a – YouTube channel that's called uh, Midnight Edge, Midnight's Edge, and they do a phenomenal job of covering certain movies and TV shows. And they did they like dive... four or five episodes that where they deep dived into the entire Sony hack that yeah. affected Ghostbusters, Spider Man, just about any major franchise that Sony had at that time that was making them millions of fucking dollars. Um, it talked about all that. Amy Pascal's rise to power, uh, all of it. Um, yeah, and but the thing is, is you're you're making a, you know, look. I have no problem with women, you know, being <laughs> superheroes. I have no problem with women being d- of different colors or religions or races. I don't care. That does not bother me. Um, you know, if I should, I say that you portray the character as best as a, you, the best that you can with how that she's been portrayed or they have been portrayed in the, the comic yeah in the comic books i don't i don't it doesn't bother me if you're if you're black white purple you know any of that but when you're taking that and you're using that to say hey this is why our movie failed or this is why our tv show failed was because all of these misogynistic, uh, you know, these women haters, and which has nothing to do with it. You're messing with something that is beloved by everybody. And this doesn't just go with Ghostbusters. You know, this is every fandom that you can ever think about. When you take it and you completely rip it apart... And you say, hey, you know what? We're going to do this, but we're going to put all female characters into the roles that the males were in or 
Um, we're going to add a character in there that has never been introduced, but she's, it's got to be a girl and it's got to be, uh, um, you know, for, and, but then like I said, you're, you're, you're taking all of that and you're, you're wondering why these movies are failing when you have, uh, when you're messing with something that doesn't, A, doesn't need to be messed with, B, nobody wants, and then you sit there with the handful of people that go out of their way to throw that hate or that shade at these movie companies, and then you pretty much crap on everybody else and say, look, we don't care about your opinion, even though your opinion is right, and that's why this movie failed, we're going to focus strictly on this. And this is why our movie failed. It's because of these people right here. Look at these comments, you know. Yeah. And we'll we'll do a deep dive into that whole Sony hack and <clears throat> definitely Ghostbusters 2016 um, on a oh, future episode. Because well, you better make sure it's about ten hours long because I got more <laughs> crap to say about that movie. Than, I mean, like I'm not gonna sit there and shit on anybody's day or anything, but that definitely, if there is ever any movie that decide, that should have not been made, that was one of them. And, yeah. and, you know, and, and again, you know. The comics did a good job explaining everything, bring unity to everybody. It just no yeah, but that had nothing to do with the everybody. movie. Like, like Paul Feig wanted his own Ghostbusters universe, and then there was the other universe that used to exist. Um, but that that's the comics tried to bridge that gap just so that yeah. they can continue to sell comics. Like, well, was... it was a, it was a thing that they had in a deal where IDW said. Um, you know, hey, we'll, we'll, we still want to make Ghostbuster comics, but Sony said, look, you either keep this license, you either have to make Ghostbusters... ATC uh, comics. Yeah, or you don't keep the license, mm-hmm. is exactly what it came out to be. And then, um, because there was so much... Um, Discord with the fan base. Yeah, you know, like I said, it was a civil war for the most part, and you're either for it or against it. Um, against, against it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, uh, you know, and like I said, it's just, it's just. Crazy. I'm for everything Ghostbusters except for that PS4 tie-in to the 2016 game. It's the only thing I did not ever like. I'm for everything with the logo, even except not, for that PS4 tie. Yeah, see, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. That that movie should have never been made. That movie, it just. Like I said, there's just so many things wrong about that movie. And like I said, I'm not hating on anybody that doesn't that likes the movie. That's your prerogative, mm-hmm. um, right? Yeah. You know, I, I'm not going to do it. But uh, you know, there's a lot of I have a lot of personal feelings for the original two movies um, because of my childhood. Yeah, it was and, our childhood. And well, it, it's not it's not that. But I had you know, and it's it's nobody's business, and they don't need mm-hmm. to know. But you know, I had I had not the greatest childhood growing up, and Ghostbusters was my escape for a lot of things that was yeah. going on Makes when I was a kid. Yeah, and yeah. when you take something, again, that does not need to be rebooted, it does not need to be remade, it does not... It just needs a sequel. That's that's mm. all there is. Hell, it's working for Bill and Ted. You know, that's a yeah. prime example right there, Bill and Ted. They haven't had a movie awesome. in... Yeah, I know, I can't wait either. But, you know, that movie hasn't been around in 30 years. Well, it, probably not 30 years, but... Um, I think Excellent Adventure actually just recently had its 30th anniversary. 
Okay, yeah. So, you know, it's been 30 years since we've seen Bill and Ted, and they're bringing them back. And You can thank John Wick for that, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Keanu Reeves probably walked in there with a pencil, and they're like, okay, here, sign it. Like, get away from us with that. Um, but, you know, it, it, again, you know, I'm not raining on anybody's parade. If you like the movie, hey, that's by all means, like the movie. I, I hope you, if you enjoy it, you enjoy it, whatever. Everybody's got their thing. But that is definitely by far the worst. It should have never been done. It should have. There's a lot of, like I said, I can. We'll save it for another episode, but I can go yeah, all days right. with the information that I have. Worst on that film I've ever yeah. seen in my life, though, Smoking Aces 2. Um, I have not seen that. The first one's really uh, good. Please don't. You'll get severe flu-like migraines watching that film. I what, Smoking Aces? Smoking Aces 2 is a, is oh. a dumpster fire of, of, of in history. It's the worst film ever created. I think that was one of the last movies that came out at the Blockbuster I worked at before the bankruptcy hit. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was, well, it was, it was bad, like, and I don't recommend just, people ever watch it. Ever. Yeah. Well, they're taking you know they're taking the success of the first movie that was, I wouldn't say it was a low budget film, but it, it definitely they weren't expecting it to be as it's, good as it was. Yeah, it's like any Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez. They all become just cult classics. So you yeah. know they're just like, oh, this movie Smoke and Aces did way better than we ever anticipated you know we'll do a direct-to-video sequel and like gus said i mean it, it made me virtually you know physically ill but yet i can watch blair witch project watching it yeah, yeah i can watch blair witch project and tell them blue in the face and and i've known people that have gotten motion sick off of blair witch now wait a minute are we talking about the sequel or well i mean i guess technically that was the third blair witch movie are you talking about the first one uh, the original and the third one. Now, see, that third one was bad. No, the third I, I, I awesome. thought the third one. I was gonna say I thought the third one was phenomenal. Yeah, the the, oh, okay. uh, the original Blair Witch Project and then the one that they just called Blair Witch. Those were the two good ones. The one, the Blair Witch Two, Book of Shadows is awful. Yeah, it was horrible. Uh, well, it, 90s parody cash grab type thing. It was a disgusting mess. And yeah. that's where, like I said, you know, the. the get these brilliant ideas. There's been a lot of movies that have run off the success of the first movie because they didn't know it was going to be the way it was. And then they're like, hey, let's make a hundred of these movies because people are going to go see them because there's a cult following for them. <coughs> Fast and Furious. I'm sorry, who said that? Well, you can, hey, you know what? Fast and the Furious. I lost track of them, but I had fun with them if I don't Remember which one's which? <laughs> yeah, the fat. Now, I, I I thoroughly enjoy Fast and the Furious, but that's also because I'm a gearhead among other things. But um, after Paul Walker had died, they should have stopped it. Uh, it's gotten too blown out of proportions. Mm. But the thing is, is Fast and the Furious is literally a multi-billion-dollar franchise, and they're not just going to let that fall away with one actor who had passed away. You know, no, no, I'm just saying, you know, movies that, like, you know, let's just make a hundred sequels. You know, Fast and Furious is probably the most prime example of that because there's nine of them. Whereas, is there, is there, there will be nine yeah, comes out be. next year. Yeah. Actually, actually, no, nine will be the, 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 the 11th movie, technically, because you have oh, Tokyo. Yeah, you got Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, you yeah, got Hobbs and Shaw and, and Tokyo right. Drift. And, oh, wait, yeah. isn't Tokyo Drift? Tokyo Drift was awful. 
Uh, okay, yeah, yeah Tokyo yeah, Drift does no, tie into the actual story because it introduces yeah. Han. So, yeah. yeah. So, okay, I think but, it's like the 10th then. Yeah, something like that. With Hobbs and Shaw added in, yeah. Yeah, way, and, and that's the, like I said, that's just a prime example. But when you take mm-hmm. these movies and you actually go back to the roots of what made the movie good and you build off of that, it, it turns out to be an excellent movie you know when they go and revisit these things and they say hey this is what made the first movie so special let's Mm -hmm. try to capitalize on that and let's you know screw this whatever this last one was and let's redo it you know yeah and um like what halloween does yeah Oh, I yeah. mean, th- th- but that new Halloween movie was amazing, and I mean, we've gone it way was. off it was topic. Really, really, but... <laughs> really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, but I mean, you know, nerds in one room at, at one time, this is going to happen, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I mean, like, and you know, like I said, I mean, my collection it goes from music to movies to comics to to figures to to whatever. So I mean, me talking about movies is just another facet of my collecting but you know i mean we're seeing yes. this resurgence of this 80s and 90s pop culture phenomena with ghostbusters coming back to theaters and mm-hmm. being the number one movie in the world again yes. 36 years of all places. later 36 yeah. years later you know ghostbusters was the number one movie yet again we've got bill and ted save the music uh save the music coming out face um, the music face the music that's what it was yeah um, August twenty eighth, it's going to uh, digital platforms. Um, you know, Disney and, has and in the same day as Metallica's S and M too. Did you get a copy yet? I have not pre-ordered my copy yet because I heard Dude, that it was just the same. It. I can't wait. I heard the set list was the I'm same so as the first it. one. Why would I buy what? the same concert twice? No, it's not. It's completely different. New songs. I mean, Unforgiven Three is but worth it alone. Bill and Bill and Ted's Face the Music will be the I think the first movie that will be going to theaters and digital platform because of the COVID thing ever. I think it's the first movie to ever mm. do that. Yeah, well, I mean, Disney's been remaking their animated movies for yeah, the last I can only do it 10 years. Too. Yeah, well, um, you know, we, we were actually talking about something with our group where, you know, movie theaters are running out. You can rent out an entire theater for you and 20 of your friends <laughs> for like yeah. 50 bucks. You know, so the Ghostbusters were talking about maybe doing a Ghostbusters screening in the theater. Um, and I wonder if maybe they'll let us do a double feature where we use their print of Ghostbusters 1 because it'll have that, that video from Jason and Ivan Reitman at the beginning uh, from the 36th anniversary run. Yeah. And then see if we can bring our own, you know, 4K copy now, of Ghostbusters 2 and do a double feature. The the problem with doing <laughs> yep. that is I've already had this experience with movie theaters about doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they will let you do that. Mm-hmm. The problem is is you have to pay Sony X amount of dollars to run that movie. So what mm-hmm. will happen is um, the reason why movie theaters are getting away from being in trouble for watching pretty much any movie mm-hmm. is because it's a movie that you already own, and they're not right. advertising it as movies that they are uh, playing. So that's how right. they're able to get out of that. They're just mm-hmm. renting you the projector in the room to watch right. the movie. They have nothing to do with the, whatever uh, movie is playing. Right, right. So when you do 
a movie that is owned by a company like Sony and you're wanting an original copy of Ghostbusters uh, to get that thing with Ivan Reitman and Jason Reitman talking about the new movie, you will have to pay Sony so much, so much money to be able to watch that because that is their movie. That is their copy. Well, one of the one of the right. movies that was mentioned where you can rent out the theater was Ghostbusters. Was the original Ghostbusters? Oh, so I'm saying awesome. like like we go there. We watch Ghostbusters, you know, because they're offering it, and then we say, "Here's our 4K copy of Ghostbusters 2. Can we watch this?" You know, you immediately know I following it. What I want a freaking GB2 with every deleted scene and extension included. I want a director's mm. cut of one and two, because um, there's got to be that frog scene somewhere. They ha- if they put all that special effects work into that subway frog. There's so much. And Sherman Tully alone. Sherman Tully. Oh, I want to see it. There's so much cut footage from the second movie that it is unreal. They could probably make another movie with the cut footage that they they have from Ghostbusters 2. Well, I mean, in the 35th anniversary, we finally got the Ford Detmering scene. So, I mean, maybe for the 35th anniversary of Ghostbusters 2, we'll get those deleted scenes. You know, I've seen Ghostbusters. I've never got to see the original one in theaters when it first came out. And I've seen it since then. I've seen it mm-hmm. in theaters multiple times. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, the one movie that I have not seen in theaters since I was a kid was Ghostbusters 2. I went and saw that opening <laughs> night, and I have not seen it in theaters since. I know Ghostbusters 2 kind of gets a bad rap. You know, some people like it, some people don't. Um, but that is definitely a movie that they need to bring back to theaters. They need yes. to bring back a Ghostbusters 2 to theaters. And, and maybe I hope we they can do like a, um, a Ghostbusters do... night for Afterlife. I yes. was going to say, do all, you know all three movies back to back to yeah. back? Yeah, and they've done it with movies, so why not Ghostbusters? They did it with Back to the Future. Yeah, but hashtag again, release know, the right men. Let's reboot that movie. Oh yeah, Back to the Future. Yeah, let's. Never I, I this, is, this, is, this is what's going to happen. They're going to reboot Back to the Future. It's all going to be oh, women. No. Paul Feig's going to direct it. Amy Pascal's going to approve it. They're going to give the movie. <laughs> they're going to give no, the no, no, budget no. 150 million dollars, and then they're going to cut the budget to 140 million dollars. And oh no, it, it's just going to it's going to go all over the place, and then it's going to be a political agenda. That's that's what's going to happen. Well, because that's what Thank God for uh, Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale. They actually have it in their contracts with Universal that nobody is allowed to remake Back to the Future as long as they still walk the Earth. And then the only people on the planet after they die that have the right to remake Back to the Future is their children. Yep. But it's in their will that their children are not allowed to remake Back to the Future. So... (laughs) There you go. Back to the Future will never get remade. Thank you, God. <laughs> Money talks, you know, and you get somebody that needs it or wants it and bad enough, they'll do anything they can to get it. Well, the I mean, only like, thing that Universal owns rights-wise for Back to the Future is distribution. Everything else is with Zemeckis and Gale. So they would need to, you know, pretty much suck off both of them at the same time. 
and make um, it the best suck off job they've ever had in order to get it to happen. But I'm just saying before, so you know, not back to the future, but it has happened before. Oh, yeah. And it's, you know, it's just one of them things. I hope it never happens, but mm. I would not be surprised one bit if it did. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I know Aaron has to jump off here in about eight minutes. Um, damn, we've been talking for a good two hours. Well, um, me almost two hours because I had sound problems. Um, but I think, you know, I, I think we had, you know, a great time here today. We definitely are going to have to do a part two for this. Um, you know, maybe just talking about, cause I think we all have very similar interests. Um, especially you, me and, uh, Gus, Bobby with Ghostbusters. Um, yeah. So, um, I hope to have you guys on the show here again soon. Um, but thanks for jumping on here and, um, I'll let you guys know when the episode goes live. Cause obviously I got some editing to do now that I lost my audio for about 10 minutes. So, um, that was your fault. We had a great conversation going on. God, man, that was, it was great and you ruined it. <laughs> well, it does look like it might have kept recording because it's making us switch topics. Sorry, um, it does look like it's recording. Um, it's been recording for about an hour straight, so maybe I didn't lose whatever you guys were talking about. So. All right, cool. I'll, well, I'll, I'll take a listen and see from that you ever heard. <laughs> and hey, they heard the words here first. Let's start that movement. Let's get them complete editions of GB one and two. Yeah, well, you're, you're going to have to uh, talk to the younger right man on that one because I think he took over everything from Ivan. So That's cool. Uh, he's, yeah. he's doing us a good service already as it is with the third. Yeah. I've been I'm, waiting 30 years for Ghostbusters I'm, to come out in theaters. People laughed at us, man, at least me, and said that, hey, you, you're never going to get a third original Ghostbusters film. Oh, we've all heard it. We've yeah. all heard it. And you know what? <laughs> guess, who wins, guess who wins this day and age? Yeah, COVID set us back, but you know what? We've already waited this long, right? Yeah. For yeah, sure. it was another year. All right, we were, guys, mm-hmm. I'm going to head out. I'm going to close down everything, and um, you guys have a good day. All right, All right. talk well, to you later, Gus. now. <laughs> All right, catch you later. Yep. Bye-bye. All right, thanks, Aaron, Bobby. Uh, thanks for jumping on here. Um, yeah, no problem. Anytime, yeah, thank you. you know. You know, I don't mind yeah. coming on here and chewing everybody out. <laughs> yeah, um, you know we do have to get together about the the podcast for the group too. So okay, um, we definitely have to start getting yeah. Slime Square up and running too. So yeah, hey, just make it all part one, part the the same podcast. You know, mm. that mm. way you're not bouncing around a little bit. You know, you can do all same podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'll see what because I, I wanted that that show to be a little bit more family friendly, so we can put it out on the group. You know. Like put okay. it on the group Facebook yeah, page and stuff. So, but well, just right. let me know. Keep me posted, and we'll figure mm-hmm. something out. I'm sure. Yeah. All right, all guys. right. All right. Have a great one, guys. See ya. Bye. Ah, uh, the beauty of podcasting, getting people together to talk about shit they love, and the beauty part about Money's Crazy Mind is, is that I'm not gonna sit there and edit the show to where you know the topics just you know, kind of like they did when, you know, everything went to shit recording wise, you know, where it's just, okay, all of a sudden they're talking about this and then all of a sudden it's 
you know, what Bobby was talking about, and there's this weird gap, and no explanation from the host, no explanation from a producer, or anything like that, about why all of the sudden, you know, the topic changed, and there's no explanation. I've seen it happen, and I've seen it happen to the best, and I don't like hosts and producers and, and people like that that, you know, will leave their listener in the lurch, which is why I jumped in in the middle of the show and was just like, oops, don't know what the hell happened. You know, and <clears throat> listening to myself when I came back in and I said I bumped the side of my laptop, you know, as I'm sitting here editing the episode together and putting it together, and when I say editing together, I basically mean since I had to split the show into two calls, um, just making sure that those two calls fit together, adding an intro, adding an outro, and that's basically it. So, in the process of all of putting this all together, I bumped the cord to my uh, headset again, and it cut out, and then I wasn't able to use my microphone. I had to completely stop the program, close the program, reopen the program, and then all of a sudden I had access to my mic again. So, I'm going to have to be real freaking careful <laughs> of this port, apparently. And I don't know if it's the headset I'm using, because it's a, a USB headset with a microphone attached, or if it's the ports on this laptop. I really hope it's not the ports on this laptop, because this thing's not even a month old. But, you know, a huge shout-out to the troopers Aaron, Bobby, and Gus for jumping on this week and being able to, you know, try to keep the topic moving while the technical difficulties were happening. I thought more of the conversation was there because they had kind of started to deep dive into the the Rockstar game. I could hear everything. That that was the crazy thing. And I'm looking over and it looked like it was recording, but I guess it stopped as soon as the headset came completely unplugged. So I apologize to those guys for that. Next week, that will not happen. It looked like the echo kind of disappeared there near the end, too. Um, I'm going to try to mess with some levels and things like that, playing with some recording stuff, and see if I can get that echo to go away. Um, but thank you. Thank you, everybody, for checking out this episode of Money's Crazy Mind. Next week... I think I want to dive into this DC topic a little bit more. Uh, I'm actually heading out to a couple comic book stores this weekend that are trying to do some sales to see if they can get some sales running. So we're going to jump on that. Uh, but again, thank you everyone for checking out Money's Crazy Mind this week. Next week, more on the DC debacle. And then, like I said, coming soon, a very special edition of Money's Crazy Mind talking back to the future, the 35th anniversary and also i think we're going to do a sneak preview of slime square the podcast that bobby and i were talking about for the northeast ohio ghostbusters all that and more coming at you very soon from money's crazy mind have a week <laughs>